Blog Talk Radio. Tonight on A Measure of Truth, we speak with Aaron Smith, founder and president of A.W. Smith Financial Group Incorporated and author of In the Black. Smith has more than 10 years of experience in the financial services and insurance industry, and he holds several securities and insurance licenses and is also a registered player financial advisor for the National Football League Players Association. Many of you have read his book, and some may have also attended one of his seminars. Or you may even remember him from one of his segments on the NBC Nightly News. But if you're new to the Aaron Smith philosophy, tonight we offer you a preview to his clear, easy-to-follow nine-step plan to take control of your financial future that will resonate whether you're just starting out or finding yourself midlife with concerns about your retirement. In the Black will transform your retirement plans regardless of income, by offering concrete advice on what opportunities are available and using real-life examples to illustrate how anyone, yes, anyone, can achieve their financial dreams. When it comes to financial investments and the bottom line, to stay in the black, we could all benefit from a measure of truth. Aaron Smith, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you. I'm excited about being here this this evening. Thank you, Michael, for having me. Wow. You know, I, I'm really excited for a number of reasons. Um, we, we've done a number of shows already on the real estate um, crisis, the mortgage crisis, and just all the things that are needed to sort of jumpstart our economy and get us back on track. And um, here you have this book called In the Black that explains to us and helps us to be able to find a new plan, even in this tough economy. And, um, Aaron, I just wanted you to start off. Why don't you define for us, for the layman, um, what the term means in the black in financial terms? Absolutely. Uh, Michael, uh, in the black means uh, in having positive, having a positive net worth versus uh, or opposed to, Michael, being in the red, which means that you, you, you have a negative net worth. So being in the black is about having a positive net worth, but a, a better meaning uh, in terms of in the black live faithfully prosper financially. In the black means having a positive state of mind when it comes to your personal finances, and that's why I believe that going through this economic tsunami that we've gone through for the last two years and still lingering on 
is the best opportunity for your listeners to be able to gain wealth. This is the opportunity. So right now is the time to be in the black. Right, but don't you need wealth or some money to, to gain wealth? And your book pretty much outlines a, a method that anyone can make a start and, you know, do something about changing their situation around. Tell us about how you can accomplish that. Well, first of all, Michael, you have to, it's a mindset. Uh, let me give you an example. Uh, my, my, I'm 46 years old, and my mother uh, and, and father, uh, they, were, they were hardworking people. My mother was a domestic worker. My father was a truck driver, and I had two brothers. And what my mom and dad taught me uh, at an early age when we were young was that she said, Aaron and, and Martin and, and Reggie, uh, I want you three to become educated. I want you to get educated. I want you to study hard. I want you to go to college. I want you to get your degree so that you get a, so you can get a good job, Michael. What she did not and what my dad did not teach us is they didn't teach us about money. They didn't teach us how to balance a checkbook. They didn't teach us about credit. They didn't teach us about stocks and bonds and real estate. And I would say for your listeners, Michael, that represents a, a, a host of Americans who have had the same experience that I've had where they weren't taught about money, and it becomes intimidating just to talk about the subject. So what I'm here to tell your listeners is, first of all, you have to change your mindset, and it doesn't matter whether you earn $30,000 a year household or if you earn $500,000 a year household. I have seen where both ends of the spectrum have become wealthy, and I've seen where both ends of the spectrum, Michael, have become devastated financially simply because they didn't have the money mindset that it takes to become successful financially in this country. Now, a lot of people are in situations where they've been beat down. They lost some money from their 401Ks and investment plans of all sorts in this crazy market. And um, a lot of them also became fearful of even purchasing homes because of the economic downturn. Um, how can these people get back on track? Game plan. Game plan. I mean, I, I tell you, man, you know, when a sports team, when a sports team go out in, 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 at the early part of the year, for example, we're in the football season right now. When they go out in early in the season, they plan on strategies. They have a strategy and a game plan, Michael, to help them to reach the ultimate goal, which is the Super Bowl. And it's the same thing with those individuals that you're speaking of, your listeners, who have been beaten up, who have been beaten down. They've lost values in their 401Ks. They've lost equity in their home. What they have to do is, first of all, sit down and on paper with pen, write down what are the goals that they're trying to accomplish that requires money. And from there, Michael, what they're going to do is take all of their assets and they're going to now create a game plan to help them reach their goal. So even just starting with what they have already, it's enough for them to, you know, even though they may be in trouble or maybe in a situation that's not the ideal situation to try to become wealthy, you, you say that there's still something there that they can make use of. Absolutely, man. I mean, at the end of the day, Michael, you, you, you are where you are. You are where you are. And wherever you are, you have to change that mindset and, that, and, and create a plan to help you start from where you are and help you reach the goals. And you chew off a little at a time. What I have find and found in the in actually in the 17 years, uh, Michael, uh, that I've been doing this business, is that a number of people try to get rich quick. They try to get mm. wealthy quick. Okay. They, right. they, they're looking for the, the home run. I am telling your listeners, create a game plan and work on hitting singles. And if they hit singles, I will tell you they will eventually turn to doubles. They will eventually turn into triples. And they all of a sudden see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right, right. And I guess you're identifying the wrong mindset by saying some people are trying to hit it big. And give us another example of the wrong mindset and how this is keeping people from actually um, achieving their goals and dreams and aspirations. Well, one of the biggest, and, 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 I'm, and I think this is, a, this is a highlight. This is a highlight. So if you're listening here, please write this. As a matter of fact, get pen and paper. Get pen and paper and, and make a note of what I'm telling you here. 
But it's very important to understand that you have to treat yourself. You have to treat yourself as an expense. What do you mean, Aaron, treat myself as an expense? Well, if you have a car note, if you have a mortgage, if you have utility bills, which most of us do have those items, we pay them. And we're taught to pay them on time so that we can maintain, Michael, our good credit. That's what we're taught. What I teach individuals to do is include yourself in that expense and include yourself first in the expense. You are the most important thing. It should be you. It should not be your mortgage company. It should not be your car automobile company. It should be you because at the end of the day, you're going to need the wealth that you're going to build to live the lifestyle that you desire, and you can't procrastinate. You have to actually start doing it now. Treat yourself as an expense. Hmm. Okay. And, um, you know, you've got some pretty heavy-duty credentials. You've been in the industry for a number of years now. Um, you said um, actually over the 10 years that I mentioned. And um, also you sort of work your way up the ladder, and you have quite a reputation so much that you're actually an advisor to members of the NFL. How, oh, yeah. Tell us how that came about. <laughs> well, it's, it's, the same, it's the same way. You know, uh, 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 Michael, what you find is a lot of athletes, they're just like you and I and your right. listeners. They're people. And they also have fears. They have the same fears that we have. They have a fear of losing their home. They have a fear of losing their automobile. They have a fear of losing their families because of financial uh, situations that come up that are mishandled. So I was able to build my relationship with NFL players simply from building a relationship with people I knew. And I started to have a conversation with these people. You know, my background is I played football in college, so I understood how the, the, the NFL athlete or the collegiate athlete, I, I knew how they thought or what their thoughts were and how they think. However, my job was to teach them to manage and take care of their wealth, but also manage their wealth in the future. And because I built a relationship with them, they start to feel comfortable, and I start to gain more traction and build more clientele working with NFL players. Wow, wow. And, and, it's, and it's hard to, um, to realize because, of course, you've got a lot more to work with with an NFL player than you do with us common folks, but how is it that you were able to make your, your plan so um, universal to be able to um, work well for, for any um, income level? Well, well, Michael, the same the same concepts work whether you you're earning fifty thousand or whether you're earning fifty million. The same mm-hmm. concept works. It, it's exactly the same. Let me let me kind of give you a note here, and this is important uh, for your listeners to write down. You know, during our course of our lifetimes, if you will actually take the number of years that you've already worked and the number of years that you anticipate you you are going to work and you multiply your annual salary times those number of years, you're going to come up with a number. And I hear, I hear a lot this a, from potential clients and new clients and people that I talk to. They always say, Aaron, you know, tell me, how do athletes, how do professional athletes go broke? How do they actually lose their wealth? And, and I, ask, I ask them, I, I reverse the question to them, and I say, hey, how does the average person ever become broke? And I said, during the course of the years that you've worked and the amount of dollars that you've earned over the last 30 years, how much do you have remaining? And they kind of look at me and they say, wow, I never thought of it that way. It's the same thing with athletes. Athletes lose their wealth because they make bad decisions as regards to taxes. They make bad decisions as regards to spending. They make bad decisions as regards to other people telling them how they should manage their financial lives. And Michael it's the exact same formula as it regards to you, I, and your listeners. Right, right. And um, give us an example of um, some common mistakes that people also make um, that that will not lead them down the right path just because of either fear or thinking that when they've gotten a little money, what was the best way to go about using it? Which for a lot of folks is sort of um, flaunting it and showing off. And um, just tell us how detrimental that is. Well, 
the first thing that I see a lot is, is individuals don't have the concept of paying themselves first. They don't have the concepts of, of that expense, using the paying themselves first as an expense. And that requires you, Michael, uh, to use your retirement accounts if you work for a company that has a 401K or 401K-like plan. Um, it, it requires you to establish an IRA. And you should invest in the companies that you that you spend your money. For example, if you spend your money on Nike or if you eat Kellogg cornflakes, for example, or if you drive an automobile and you ride on Bridgestone tires, or if you have a cell phone and you have it through Verizon or Sprint, you should be investing in those same companies that you spend your hard-earned dollars with, and you mm. should do it through your 401K plan. That's one of the mistakes that people make is they don't invest or they don't invest in the proper way, Michael, inside of their 401K plans, or they start to do it and then they go in and they take the money out. Right. And that's detrimental to their, their financial well-being. Hmm. Uh, another problem uh, that I, I consistently see is that individuals want to follow the Joneses. They want to be like the Joneses. You know, if the Joneses go out and buy a new automobile, we have a tendency to do the same thing. Uh, we don't know that the Joneses are financially strapped, however. <laughs> and then we find out ourselves after we start to indulge in our finances, in those personal things, those items that really don't mean much, they don't bring much value to you and your family, you find out that eventually you become, you become financially uh, a challenge. We found that out in this real estate market, uh, Michael, when individuals were buying homes, uh, not necessarily because they could afford them, but more because they wanted to keep up with the Joneses. They wanted to have that nice house. They wanted to have the nice car. They wanted to have it all furnished. And we see how that has panned out. So that's another piece of the puzzle that we have to understand is how to control our, our emotions when it comes to financially taking care of our financial lives. Uh, let me ask you a question, because there was a time before the um, the market fell apart where mm -hmm. people were wondering what to do. And um, when the market still actually started to drop, people were saying, well, don't take your money and move it out of the stock market in your 401k into something safer. Just leave it there because it will rebound and you'll be buying back those stocks at a, a, a lower amount. But that didn't really pan out, did it? No, not at all, and that's bad advice. That's bad advice. Um, you know, I, I, I listen to a lot to, uh, uh, to, to media, and what I find out, Michael, with media is that a lot of it is financial entertainment, and it True. doesn't specifically work for every single person. If you're a 50, 55, 60-year-old, you don't have time to allow that money to, to grow back and, and be there for your retirement. However, if you're, if you're 20 to 25 to 30 years old, it may be appropriate to hold, hold still and allow those dollars to continue to come back and when we have better financial markets. But what I, the formula, and the answer or solution, I should say, to that is many of us fear or we don't know how to find a good financial coach, someone that that can help us make great decisions with our money. And this economic uh, tsunami that we've gone through, Michael, has, has allowed our firm, for example, to be able to, uh, to, be able to gather a, a host of new, new individuals who've come to us and say, Aaron, we used to be able to think that we could do this ourselves, and we found out that we can't. And it's important that you, if you can't or you don't know how to do this, because it's not your expertise, then you need to find good counsel, someone that can guide you through the process to help you step by step, help you reach your goals financially. You know, now, now that you mentioned that, because you do have to find good counsel, and there were a lot of predators out there, even amongst this financial crisis that were taking advantage of people who wanted to fix their credit, who wanted to get back on their feet. And sure. um, tell us some of the telltale signs of how a person can identify when they've, um, they've put their um, affairs in the wrong hands. 
Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, if it sounds too good to be true, we know it's too good to be true. That's number one. Number two, never pay someone something up front for nothing. Hmm. Number three, there is a website, Michael. It's called FINRA.org. F-I-N-R-A. Let me spell it again. F-I-N-R-A.org. FINRA.org is a federal government website. And what that website does, it tells you about investment advisors, financial planners. It allows you to find people who are registered and who have done business the right way. And if you find someone who's not registered with FINRA.org, they're not going to be someone that you want to work with. Hmm. If you find someone, Michael, on FINRA.org, all you have to, and when I say find someone, it's a matter of going into that website, putting in their name, their full name, and it's going to give you, give you something called a broker check. And that broker check is going to tell you about, uh, tell you about that person that you're looking to work with. If they filed bankruptcy, if they've had some issues and complaints, if they have had situations where they stole money, if they've had situations where they're no longer registered, that's going to help you weed out individuals who you should not be hiring to help you with your financial concerns. Right. And, of course, your site, I mean, your um, company is on there as well. Absolutely. We are on FINRA.org. And, you know, certainly you can also go to our website and you can, you can view uh, what we do, how we do it, and gives you a lot more clarity on uh, who I am and how I fit or how you would fit into having a relationship with our firm. And that website is uh, com. Okay, in the black retirement.com. And um here's another question for you. Um is there such a a thing as good debt? Yeah. It, uh, there there is absolutely. Uh first of all, it's it's important that we all carry good credit, that we that we pay our bills on time. Uh it it tells you a lot about your your integrity, but it also tells the creditor, the person that you're looking to borrow uh, money from that you're, you, you are a good, uh, you're, you're, you are a good risk. Uh, what, what I, what I do find is individuals who are savers, people who put away 15% of their money, Michael, we find that those individuals, when opportunities come up, come up like business ventures, opportunities that make money, they are a prime position to do that. They have created a line of credit, Michael, with the institution. Or there are dollars that they can go get rentably because they have good credit. That is good. That is that 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 lending or borrowing that money is good credit because it allows you to maximize and have opportunities to earn more money because you're in a position to borrow money to build your wealth. So there is such thing as uh, you know borrowing and having you know good debt. And and let's clarify another thing. Um, you know, sometimes things come along and they're either an opportunity or something that um, happens that you need to address with um, with some monetary funds. And when is a good time to use your own money and when is a better time to, to borrow for those things? How do you define that line? Oh, absolutely. For the most part, it's always best to use someone else's money hmm. it, in almost every single case. It's better to be able to go out and leverage your wealth. Leverage your wealth means that you can use the bank's money to allow you to build more wealth, to pay back the bank, but also to have a cash flow, Michael, into your household. Mm-hmm. When you use your own money, you're now using dollars that if something happens to come up in your family life, you may be challenged to be able to do handle those things because you, you're limited because you've used your own money. So leverage is so important in terms of, of, of making sure that you're in a position uh, to get money. Using someone else's money is the best way to go. And um, uh, we really need to, to speak to um, African Americans especially about um, insurance. We find that um, uh, many African Americans, for the most part, if they don't have insurance through their, their jobs, they, you know, 
they don't bother with it at all, and, and a lot of times they're underinsured. Tell us about how this ha- helps to actually not only insure the lives of your family, but insure your nest egg as well as your, your family's well-being. Oh, man, wow. You hit on a great topic. Uh, insurance is what the wealthy, Michael, use to create benefits to protect for taxes, and it allows them to also maximize the amount that they pass to their heirs. Mm. It also allows them to take what they pass to their heirs, Michael, and they create trust. And those trusts allow dollars to go out on a systematic basis based on the amount that they wish to go out to their heirs. So they're building, Michael, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Where the middle class, and you speak of African Americans, and I will include African Americans here, not only African Americans, but when we talk about the middle class, the middle class, as I said before, we think about education. Education is important to us because we feel that the more money you earn, the better you're equipped to survive in our country. That is true. The wealthy also believe in education. They just take it further and they think about how to build wealth, saving taxes. Insurance is a very effective tool to make sure that if a loved one you have is lost, that you're able to continue to live the lifestyle that you desire, uh, Michael, for as long as you live and potentially for generations to come. Just to give you an example, I had a, a client who came to me um, Michael, who came to me about four years ago. Uh, she was uh, 53 years old. Uh, her husband, uh, he was 54, and they both worked uh, in corporate America, and they wanted to establish their own business doing real estate. And doing real estate, they purchased uh, nine pieces of property in the city of Baltimore, and they also created their own IT company. They were doing very well. I informed them that they need to protect their wealth. They need to protect the buildings. They need to protect their cash flow. And I recommended, because there was more income coming in from the husband's standpoint, that he protect himself with life insurance. However, unfortunately, he didn't take the recommendation, and a year later, he deceased. Mm. And she is financially now challenged to manage the properties, which you know in this devastating economic market how those things have turned out. But she's challenged financially, but not only is she challenged financially, Michael, she's challenged emotionally and physically now because she's dealing with being stressed and worried because she financially is not able to do the things that she's able to do because of the loss of her husband. Please, listeners, please protect your wealth, protect your family, protect your income. Make sure that you purchase life insurance. And I just want to add another thing that life insurance does that a lot of people seem to miss, right? And and here's a here's a concept here. Life insurance will not only protect your family by giving them an income afterwards, but when you go through a situation when you lose a relative, let's say it is the husband, it allows sure. your family to stay in the home that they were already in. So the kids don't have to go through losing their friends, having to move and downsize, and you know it, it causes a situation that's even harder on the well-being of the family. So um, when, when you protect yourself that way, it, it really is something that people really need to look at closely and understand that when they sit down with an advisor that they are really sitting down for themselves to cover their bases and to make sure that that person's benefiting them the way they need. Absolutely. And when you do find an advisor, make sure that you're working with someone who's very holistic. Holistic is the key to make sure that all of the things in your financial life that is concerning you, that that person is able to take that information, take your conversation, and help you devise a strategy and a plan to cover every aspect of your financial life. That's awesome. You know, let's, while we're on insurance, let's just throw this out there. Mortgage protection insurance, is it good or bad? Does it really benefit us, or is it just for the mortgage company? It's really for the mortgage company. It's not really that, that beneficial for you. Once again, if you sit down in a holistic aspect, you'll find that insurance, uh, Michael, life insurance that you may carry with your employer, 
um, and other life insurance that you could purchase outside of that would be more appropriate to cover your, your mortgage and things of such. I don't necessarily believe in mortgage insurance simply because it, it goes down in value every time that your mortgage balance goes down. So the longer you live, the, the less value your life insurance becomes because your balance keeps dropping, and it only pays the value, excuse me, the balance on the house at the time of your death. Oh, that's it? That's it. So, I mean, if you bought a $200,000 home and now, it's, now you brought the balance down to 50000 you deceived it pays 50000 It doesn't pay that original two hundred or $250,000. Wow, wow. Let's call it decreasing term. Oh, I see. And, and it's yeah. set for what period generally? For the 30 it's, years of the mortgage? You got it. If that mortgage mm. is set for 20 years, they, they set it out for 20. If it's set for 15 or 30, that's how they set that, that, that life insurance out for. And that's pretty awesome. Sure. And um, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk a little bit more right after this. Absolutely. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community. A program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, Kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. It seems that the truth has somehow lost its appeal. In today's society, what really can we say is the truth? Most of what we hear from news sources, whether they're TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, and the Internet, have been crafted with only one goal in mind, to sell more publications, to get higher ratings, and grab the attention of more and more consumers. We as consumers have been corralled, misled, polluted, and confused by the media hype and spin doctor machine until we're too exhausted and overwhelmed by the rhetoric and minutia to have the real focused attention needed to analyze the facts when the truth finally does come to light. The story that could be has become so enticing to the media conglomerates that the real story and the great story no longer resemble one another. A Measure of Truth attempts to expose the underlying truth of news stories that you all have heard before but gives you first-hand accounts from key players that have not yet been given a voice to tell the facts. These bearers of the truth are often forced to wait until the media hype has expired, and the backstory, which was in fact the only story, finally comes into vogue. When news and information comes with this much baggage, you can only hope for a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham, and if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to hear from you. So why don't you give us a call? The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio. And you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. We're talking with Aaron Smith, the author of In the Black, 
Aaron Smith, this has just been a great show. I mean, you've already shed the light on so much information. It's just awesome. Excellent. I'm glad to do it, and I'm looking to continue to do more of it, absolutely. And tell us a little bit about, because you do seminars from time to time, do you have anything coming up in the near future? Yeah, we do. Um, we do have seminars, and you can go to our website, uh, once again, www.intheblackretirement.com. And uh, if it's not up now, I have to uh, check with my staff. If it's not up now, it will be in the next couple of days. We do have seminars. Uh, they're going to be conducted in the uh, Washington, D.C. area uh, towards the, the latter part of October. And in the Richmond, Virginia area, Michael, uh, once again, in the latter part of October. Uh, we do seminars consistently, workshops consistently, and they are uh, designed to educate, designed to to allow you to be introduced uh, to the measure of truth. I like that. I love it a whole lot, actually, uh, because we don't get that a lot. But it's, it's designed to, to, to give you the truth, um, to give you insight on your personal situation, more customized. Uh, we do uh, workshops and seminars uh, quite a bit with corporations. We go into corporate settings uh, where we actually uh, speak with employees about their specific retirement plans and how they work. Um, so we are very busy going out and educating uh, the community on how to financially navigate themselves uh, through this economy, but also uh, as the good economy comes around. And it's coming, Michael. It's mm-hmm. coming. The good times are going to come again. Most people just have been beaten up so much they don't just see, they can't see the the, the, the light yet. But uh, I am telling you that economically we've been in a long deep uh, recession, and we are going to come out of it, and things are going to be uh, robust again. So it, it, it's headed our way. Be patient. And, um, you know, we, we already see that there's a wealth of information that they can also gain from the seminar as well. But tell us if they aren't able to get to your seminar in the near future, if there's not one in the area, um, where your book can be found as well as what they can um Game from that as well, and how it's out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, Michael. In the black, uh, in the black, live faithfully, prosper financially. The ultimate nine-step plan for financial fitness. Uh, that book can be found on Amazon.com, or you can go into your local bookstore, and you can find it there, or you can request it uh, there. Books a million borders, uh, you know, your traditional uh, bookstores. So you can find the book. The book. It's a, you know, let me tell you, man, some of your listeners, they're listening to me, and I know what they're saying. I know what they're saying. They're saying, wow, interesting, but kind of boring. And and what I do for a living is boring. Financial planning is a boring, uh, it's a boring topic most of, most of the time. However, when you get my book, if you go through it and you read it, you're going to learn a lot about your own personal finances. But my book is written like a soap opera. It's a soap opera. It tells you about many clients that we have and what they have gone through and how we've been able to devise strategies to help them plan. You'll be very interested to find out about some of the characters that I have in here, and you'll have fun reading it. Right, right. And um, give us an example of one of them. <laughs> one, of them uh, one of my clients uh, from the D.C. area, she's a beautician. Um, her name is Silva. And Silver, uh, she got the name because she's famous for driving Silver Mercedes Benz. Okay. She owns her own her own hair salon. Uh, she's single woman. She has uh, a son who's who's in college now at an Ivy League school, and she has a niece that she has gotten uh, she has adopted and and got custody of, who she's planning for her. Her, her niece's education now. But Silver, uh, Michael, her real concern financially was that she wanted to, to retire in the next 12 years and be able to live off of $8,000 a month in income. Hmm. And we wow. helped her put together a game plan device to allow her to do that, which entails her investing in a small business retirement plan and also valuing her being able to allow her val- the value of her business to grow such that when she's ready to retire, she can sell her business. So we've been able to do some of those things. But Sylvia is an interesting character. She's a very funny lady, very smart lady, but she's now starting to take control of her finances 
and also financially get her son through her through his Ivy League school. And you can imagine Ivy League schools, how much they cost, and we're doing that. She's doing just fine. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And, and tell us about, you know, in the book, too, there's sprinkled in there from here and there a little spirituality, too. And, and tell us how that factors in. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I tell you, um, I, I hear a lot of people say they have faith. You know, I, you know I, I'm faithful, and I have faith. But when, when these times come, you can determine how strong your faith is. And in the book, it sprinkles a lot of, 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 of scripture in it mm. uh, at the end of each chapter. And that scripture is designed to relate to the chapter and the topics on financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And it's a wonderful way to take this book and use it as a, as a, as a religion or scriptural process to bring joy, happiness, and strength into you. But it's what it teaches you most. Uh, Michael, is how you build confidence in yourself financially so that when you when it comes to your finances, you will have faith. Mm. And many of us, we just don't have that faith in our finances simply because we're just not literally, financially literate enough to be able to understand how we should manage our wealth. And that's what In the Black is designed to allow you to do. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I believe a lot of people believe um, just from their upbringing and misinformation that, you know, the Bible teaches that we should not be wealthy, which is exactly the opposite. So, you know, I'm glad that you have those references in there for those people because the whole concept in itself is to get people into this new mindset that you talk about that is um, the wrong mindset for creating wealth and for um, creating prosperity in their lives. Absolutely. And, you know, let me just say this. When you hear, when you hear uh, the media talks about wealth and they talk about rich, mm. I want your listeners to please understand to ignore the wealth and the rich in those terms. Wealthy means having enough money, Michael, to live the lifestyle that you desire for as long as you live and do mm. the things that you desire. And your wealth is different from my wealth, and my wealth is different from your listeners' wealth. Everybody's wealth is different. And I'm so amazed at how many people, how many people actually go to their barber or their beautician, they go to their pastor, they go to their colleagues, they go to their friends, and they ask them, what did you do with your money? How did you invest your money? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Because they're different. They have different motives. They have different interest strengths. They have different goals financially. You only are who you are, and you're special. That's why it's important for you to seek advice, professional advice, that's going to be suitable for you. Absolutely, and that's such a great point. (laughs) You know, people need their own dream, and they need to know what they need for themselves, and a lot of people are that focused on looking around them that they're not introspective enough to understand what their own needs are and their own wants and desire without trying to attach it to someone else's that they may admire or feel better than themselves. Absolutely, and I agree. And once you're able to do that and you found comfort in that, you are so worry, stress-free, and you live that life that you desire, which gives you peace of mind. And that's ultimately what we're looking for as it relates to our money. We're looking for peace of mind. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's great. And, you know, I see that you're really having an impact on on a large amount of people. And um, that in itself is a blessing to be able to free people from the bondage of their um, financial situations. And um, it must be very rewarding. It's fun. You know, I... (laughs) I mean, I tell you, you know, being able to myself take this foreign language called financial literacy or mm-hmm. personal finances, taking this foreign language and being able to decipher and get through it, from my background as an individual who grew up with not a lot of wealth, lot mm-hmm. of not a, no, hardly no wealth at all, and be able to go through and come to where I am now financially, I am telling you, and I, and I say this with passion, that your listeners, every single one who's listening to this broadcast, they can become solid financially if they only open up their mind and read something once a day just for five minutes on finances. Hmm. 
And um, give us some idea, too, of some other sources. Um, you know, there's, this, of course, um, Financial Times and the Wall Street Journal. Do you suggest those? Is that too over the top for some people to yes. take their start? Yes, absolutely. Leave those alone. <laughs> not going to give you any value, any value. There is a website, mygovernment.gov, mymoneygovernment.gov. Once again, mymoney.gov, excuse me, mymoney.gov. That's a fantastic website. It's a federal government website, Michael, that gives you a holistic view of every aspect of personal finances. Your readers or your listeners should go through that and pick up on something once a week, once every mm. two days. And that's how you start to gain and you untangle that foreign language and it becomes a much easier language for you and you start to make good, good decisions with your money. Absolutely. And, you know, people really need to change the way they look at money and understand that it is a tool. You know, there is some money to spend, there's some money to save, there's some money to invest, but it all has to be used in a proper way in order for you to be able to achieve the things that you want in life. Absolutely. And if you use that in the proper aspect, you have all the money you will ever need to do the things that you ever desire because you won't be hunger, hungered for things that are really not that important. And I will, will tell you, having a lot of wealth, a lot of money, and not having family, relationships with your friends, having maybe even a relationship with God, all those things are more important than any amount of money that you have. And, but, but you need to have wealth. You need to have money. You need to have those things to continue to indulge and those opportunities with your family and with your friends and with your, your pastor and your church and things like that. And you're able to do that, and it's based on your dollar amount, not my dollar amount. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, I, I, I don't even know if I should go there or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, kind of. So what do you <laughs> say to people <laughs> about tithing? Oh, wow. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. That's an interesting topic. You know, I, I tell you, I tell you uh, Michael, it's interesting that people who give, who tithe, mm -hmm. um, I find it amazing that a lot of those people are not also givers to themselves. Right. And, you know, it's, in my opinion, if you give and you tithe, you should be able to also give and tithe to yourself. I think giving is important. It's important. I have something, my kids use something, oh, Michael, that's called a moon jar. And the moon jar, it has three colors to it, and it's like a piggy bank. And there's a portion for saving or investing. There's a portion for giving. And giving is a, is, is a, is important in our lives. And I don't necessarily get into the topic on tithing and, and giving and whether, you know, you should or you shouldn't. That's not, that's not my, that's not what my expertise is. However, I will tell you that you get so much joy from giving. And whether it's giving to your church or whether it's giving to that kid that needs help with their school uh, supplies, whatever it may be. Find a way to give a portion of your income to individuals who are less fortunate. And if you find a way to do that and you find a way to also give to yourself, because remember, the more you give to yourself and build your wealth, the more you're able to give to others. You can't take care of others if you don't take care of yourself. That's my philosophy. That's awesome. And, you know, um the giving part even can start if people don't have any money at all. You can always give time, but that that is a process in itself. You need to learn to give, and um, you you will get back. But the thing is, it's, it may not be from the same source that you give, but the, the most important thing is to give of yourself and get used to that and develop that as a habit. Absolutely. You know? yeah, Absolutely. And, and it will enrich your life. Yeah. Yes, it will. It will enrich your life forever. And it's just something about that giving that brings that peace of comfort to you as you as you fall to sleep at night and wake up the next morning. You have purpose in life. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Well, you know, Aaron, boy, I can't believe how much information this is going to be one I'll download and put on my iPod myself. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is real good stuff here, you know. And, um, you know, we look forward to having you on again. And, um, you know, uh, especially if you've got a seminar coming up in any area it may be coming up, um, you know, okay. we can always put you on for at least 10 minutes, let people know what's going on. And um, Absolutely. we'll just let them know of the, um, the number of this show, which is um, – I believe this is show 57, A Measure 257 with Aaron Smith. Easy Absolutely. to find, and um, it's a wealth of knowledge, and I encourage all of my listeners to take this one. I'm pretty sure this one's going to probably get 1,000 downloads. Uh, that's my guess. <laughs> well, I, I certainly appreciate it, and I will tell your listeners, I will, and my final note here to your listeners, is they can be solid in their finances, and they can be wonderful in their lives financially. Don't let anyone hold you back, whether it's your brother, whether it's your friend, whether it's your husband, you or your wife. You find a way to do the right things with your money financially, and you make that a habit in your life, you will be amazed at how your life will be successful, whether you're in bad times, bad economic times, or whether we are in the boom times. You're going to be successful, and you're going to have control of your finances. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's really good stuff, Aaron. And um, I appreciate you, and I'm going to keep my um, eye on you in the media as well. I'm going to be looking for you wherever you may show up, and uh, I'll make sure that I'll tell people wherever that they can find you that they need to be there. So, Michael, um, thank you for this opportunity. It's been awesome. All right. Thank you. And we'll talk with you real soon. All right. God bless. Have a good day. You too. Bless you. Yep. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here. And I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I just wanted to let you know that during the next few months, Healthy Kinder Incorporated will be running its Give 5 campaign to raise money for childhood obesity prevention programs throughout the metropolitan area. 
Please visit the Give 5 campaign page on the website today at HealthyKinderKids.org to learn more about how you can make a significant difference in the lives of our children. Please share this message with your friends and family members to support this very important and worthy cause. Even their children can benefit from the Healthy Kinder programs. We encourage you to contact your congressperson and state representatives and ask them to support President Obama's health care reform plan. Prevention is key to the survival of our future generation. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day for a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. We had a great show with Aaron Smith and looking forward to having him back again. Special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman, and I'm Michael Fordham. And again, you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. Before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.